Okay. So hopefully you've had some ideas of this regarding um, projects and obligations. And I think many of you probably have um, mentioned things like weddings or um, many of you businesses or um, there was a school project for a child. I'm not for sure what that would be. But um, the point here is time. So I want to focus a little bit on when we're moving forward through Noah time. Because time is of the essence when we're talking about this entire story. So going, um, oh Cheryl, do you want me to help? Yep, there's a couple spots open if anyone wants to do a video. So feel free to leave it at any point. Um, but Noah is um, one of those characters that's mentioned in Hebrews as far as um, being a hero of the faith. And in the Bible, um, there's um, really interesting details regarding Noah, and, and it's brought up again in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, and that, as well as throughout the Old Testament from time to time. But mostly, the story of Genesis will, or the story of Noah will be in Genesis 5:29 through 10:32. So I strongly recommend to read that on your own, just in full um, in full style here, instead of picking it apart like what we're going to do today. And then, of course, he's mentioned several times throughout again the Old and New Testament including in Luke, where the genealogy of Jesus comes from. So who was Noah? Well, he was he was only um, a father of God left in his generation. He was the only one left um, amongst all the people that were in this tenth generation after Adam. He was also the second father of the human race, um, given that the flood destroyed everything and, and started over. Um, he was a ma- man of patience, consistency, and obedience. He was also the first major shipbuilder. In fact, I was reading that, um, and we'll talk about the ship and the, the content of the ship here in a minute, but um, this, the, the closest ship to that size would have been built um, in the 1800s. So that tells you how amazing this first major shipbuilder um, was. Uh, Noah's timeline. Now, here's where it gets interesting. And, and before I go forward with this, I want to ask, has anyone seen the movie Noah that just came out? Okay. So, just so you know, I studied Noah. I was asking Megan, have we done Noah? Have we done Noah? No, 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 no. So I'm like, I think it might be Noah that I'm studying. And this is before I even knew there was a movie out. So I started studying Noah, and all of a sudden, this trailer came on about Noah. And I thought, you know, without even reading into the, um, I guess, the um, claims on it and so forth, I thought, you know... I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if we can go see this before I teach, you know. So my husband and I had our first date night in three years alone without a child. So yeah, uh, we sat at there for probably three hours. So. <laughs> and then we went to Noah. So I guess I felt like, you know, I'm armored up. I know the story fairly well since I've been studying it and really dissecting. And I was like analyzing. So to me, I could probably pick it apart and know what's real now. Um, the only thing that I had going against it was someone, you know, the the director was apparently atheist. And um, so, you know, you're thinking, okay, an atheist writing a story about Noah. Well, he claims that it's just inspired by the story of Noah. So we get into the movie, and, um, and you know, all the facts would be there, but what the problem is, and this is where I struggle with movies, and I think maybe some of you do too, I think there's some great depictions of stories, but that's where you kind of tread lightly because the word can be twisted um, and interpreted differently, and then the non-believer can get a hold of that and just take it for what it is, and so I got a problem with that a little bit, and you know what, sitting in that movie, I had a lot of problems going through that, because it was just, re- it, there was some, there was, they were, used the right names, they used kind of the right context, but they twisted it a lot, you know, and, and so so it was, it was to the point where I was going like this, like, should we go? Should we go? And my husband's like, just calm down. And I thought, you know, you're right. I know the truth. I know the truth. It's, you know, I feel like I'm armored up. 
But um, I also thought it was a sign to affirm, to study Noah. So if anyone sees, goes to see Noah or any biblical movie for that fact, I would strongly recommend reading the truth first because you'll be able to really pick apart, you know, the differences. But the truth is so important, and I'm so glad I was able to say Noah before seeing that. Um, Otherwise, I could find myself second-guessing some, some things. Um, but Noah's timeline. Okay, so Noah is born as the 10th generation after Adam. About 480 years, God gives a 120-year warning before the flood. And the ARC project commences, whether it's through strategic planning and building. Um, around 500 years, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And 600 years, the ark is complete, and the flood started. And within that time, Noah entered the ark seven days before the rains and flood came. And I'm going to stop real quickly. If you were like me a few years ago, before I really studied the Old Testament, because I was that was just not my thing. I love the New Testament. I always thought the ark was 40 days, and that was it, you know? So there's a lot more than just 40 days. In fact, you're taught that as a child, really, if you're learning the concept of Noah, um, you're just talking about 40 days of uh, raining and so forth. And then I just thought that Noah hopped off the ark after 40 days. But that's not the case. So again, we're going back in time. So I want you to remember time is of the essence here because we're going to look at this as part of this trial period. So rain fell for 40 days and then water covered the earth and the flood began. 150 days, which included the initial 40, um, the day the springs of the great deep were shut off and the rain ceased and the water began receding. Then 224 days after the start, the tops of the mountains became visible. Then 264 days after the start, Noah sent out a raven. Then 271 days, Noah sent out a dove, which returned. And then 278 days, Noah sent out the dove again, which came back with an olive leaf. Then 285 days... Later, Noah sent the dove out again, and it did not return. 314 days, Noah removed the cover of the ark, and on the 370th 370th day, which I read a commentary that said 71st day, um, the earth was dry, and God commanded Noah's family and the animals to come out of the ark. So, 371 days, that's more than a year! And so, I want you to keep the perspective of time when we go through this, okay? Because time is going to be, it's not the 40-day trial here. We're talking some trials, not to mention the 120 before that. Years, that is. Okay. So, the picture here as we go forward, because I'm a visual person, and a lot of people are, I want you to visualize um, the arc. And when we go through this uh, lesson, what I'm trying to, I guess what God has been placing on this lesson in my heart is that we're going to build an arc here, now. I mean, in our present lifetime. So, Noah's story is of this structure. Well, our story here is going to be this ark that we're building with God's promises, okay? Because those floodwaters are just so treacherous and devastating and can drown us and can um, and can lead uh, us to death. And, and for most people in this world, that's what's going to happen. But us as Christ followers, we're going to learn how to build that ark with, with promises, and we're going to be entering that ark. We want to surround ourselves in that ark. Um, but we also want people to see that. We want people to see that there's a lot of space on that ark so that people can be a part of it. In fact, Noah um, was not the only survivor of the flood. There were seven others. There was eight. Noah was called as the righteous and blameless person, which we're going to talk about. But also seven people got to join him. So you might be the one that's building the ark with God's help, his instructions, and your obedience. But you might be pulling other people into the ark. And that's that's kind of the prime aspect of what we're going to talk about today. So in retrospect, kind of visualize what we're talking about. Time here, an ark, kind of a building in today's time. So in order to do that, 
Um, I want to talk about warnings first off. Okay? Warnings. In Genesis 6, 3, and go ahead and open up your Bibles to Genesis 6, because you're going to be in Genesis 6 a lot, and you might want to refer to it. And I've got a lot of scripture written out, but um, for some of us who like to write things in margins, it's a nice thing to do. Okay, I'm going to read Genesis 6-3 in the NIV. Okay, then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. In essence, God is saying, I'm going to give basically 120 years of, of time for this ark to be built and for people to come and repent and follow. And so he's giving 120 years. Well, what's crazy about that, in our lifespan, that is more than our lifespan today. And... What's really interesting, if you really dissect the Old Testament and some of the meanings, um, not only that, but time spans from Moses living to 950 years and, 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 those, and a lot of those patriarchs living lots and lots of hundreds of years, um, dwindles real quickly after the flood to Moses to about 120 years. And then look at our lifespan. I looked that up online. It's about 70 to 80 years. And so um, this is a lifetime for us of a warning. And in that day, it was like, a, you know, it was a fraction of time for all these people to have an opportunity to come and, and follow God. Um, so this 120 years is going to be significant as we move forward here as a realization um, for us. God gave ample warning. This vast structure of the ark was a standing warning as well. So that's your feeling right there. As it rose slowly before everyone's eyes. So you can imagine, and we're going to talk about this, the ark wasn't built overnight. It was there. It was massive. It was huge. It was bigger than what we can fathom right here. And people were seeing this. You can't hide that type of structure. So that was presenting questions and um, thoughts and so forth. And even with that, they heeded neither the preaching of Noah, which Noah preached during that time, nor the long-suffering of God. And at last, the flood came and took them all away. So the warnings were very evident. Um, God made those very apparent. 1 Peter 3.20 says this, To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people ate and all were saved through water. And this is just, just sad because I was looking at the population of that time and there's so many speculations. You know, the word doesn't say what the population is, but if you take some guesses, it's thousands, 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 one says it could be a million. I don't know what it was, but we know it's thousands. So out of thousands and thousands and thousands of people, only eight people survived that. And that goes back to um, kind of the, uh, the scripture regarding um, what Jesus says about um, the gates are, are narrow. The path is wide. And we're going to talk about that scripture in Matthew as well. Second Peter three nine. If I'm sorry, uh, yep. Second Peter three nine. Let's flip to that. Keep a bookmark in Genesis six because you'll be in there a lot. But Second Peter three nine. So not only in First Peter did. Um, was the scripture stated that God waited patiently in the days of Noah, but in 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, 
He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So that's what he wants. When he's giving that warning, he's being patient. 120 years is a long time for us. For them, they took it for granted. Maybe for some of us, it's 10 years. We don't know our life expectancy. Maybe for a loved one, it's one year. We don't know their life expectancy, whether it's going to be taken um, suddenly or if it's going to be um, through natural causes or whatever that is. But here, God makes a very um, a very clear warning. And he is, he is not slow when it comes to his promises. He's fast and steadfast on that promise. Isaiah 30, 18, you don't have to open that up. That's another scripture that you can read into. And there's going to be a few scriptures that I'm just going to leave blank for you to study because of um, all the announcements and the time of, of, um, of the planning for the party and so forth. Okay, so relating to us. So when we talk about each of these benchmarks, I want to talk a little bit of the relationship of how it affects us. Just like the flood, so will be the coming of Judgment Day. There's your fill-in right there. Or perhaps even, so like the flood, so comes the day of tragedy in your life. Or something that's going to rock your world. Or something that's going to be so unexpected that you can barely handle it on a human level. God has given us many warnings and ample time. We cannot afford to idle. We cannot afford to put off our walk with Christ. And we cannot afford to not, insert not there, abide in Christ so that others see him. Okay, so here's the next question around your table. Think about a time when you were given a serious warning. Think like employment opportunity maybe or school or parental direction, maybe authority like a maybe it was a police officer pulling you over, um, maybe it was a friend or even was it the Lord? Um, how did this change your way of thinking? How did it change your actions? How did it change your attitude? And what kind of results came from that situation due to that initial warning? So take a few minutes to talk about maybe some of, some of the stories. Okay, so I think there's some good stories going around. You know, some of the stories that I think of is just like the authority story of a police officer. And I used to be one with a lead foot. I really did. And um, I always, by a certain spot I going to work, I would get pulled over like once a month. And it got to the point where I knew I got smart. I thought, I'll slow down from this exit to this point, And then I'll speed up again. And, um, and it worked for a while. But then after that point, there would be another officer. And so it ends up being to the point where when you have over hundreds of dollars in speeding tickets um, and higher insurance costs, then then it got to me. Okay, I've got to, I got to start out early. And that's simple. I mean, that's, that's a real, um, you know, piddly little story. But the point is here, we're on a much grander scale here. How many times is God going to have to warn us before something happens? How many times do we um, take the warning for just this amount of time from this exit to this point, and then we're we're out of that zone, we go full force to our ways or our thoughts? Um, And and I've been so guilty of this, and this is why this this parallel has helped me um, regarding warnings and regarding Noah and the obedience and the time amount that it's full obedience, which we're going to get to. In fact, when I was talking about um, what Jesus said in Matthew, this is exactly what Jesus said in Matthew, and this will resonate to you. Matthew 24, 37 through 38, you can jot that down or you can uh, follow me in the Bible. But Jesus said this about the day and the hour unknown. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking. 
drinking and marrying and giving marriage up to the day entered into the ark. And so he's applying all these things that were going on that were ungodly as well. And that's what's happening today. That's what was happening then. But there comes a point where there's going to be judgment day. Or there comes a point where you're in a trial. And whether you take it on a low scale or a small scale of tragedy and trial here on earth or a grand scale, which comes between eternity and hell, this is what Jesus is talking about. And Jesus mentions hell and warns us throughout the gospels of that. But Matthew 24, 37, 38, what's beautiful about that is Jesus also acknowledges Noah. And so when you hear about the skeptics out there talking about Noah, refer back to what Jesus said about Noah. He knows. And that was very much a real story. Um, So that brings us into destruction. This is what uh, God is warning us that will happen. And, um, you know, I think as a parent, we, um, I I can resonate with my kids. I know that there's going to be consequences if my kids um, step outside of our expectations, you know, um, whether it's a punishment or um, it's a reprimand or whatever that is. But I, because I love my children, I want to give them warning. And I think most of us find ourselves doing that. And whether your kids heed the warning or not, again, we're on a grander scale. So let's talk about destruction. Okay, so Genesis 6, 5 through 7, you can follow in the Bible or um, just read right out of your study guide. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Remember, he didn't say some of the time. He said all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I had made them. Oh, ho, ho. Genesis 6, 11, 12 goes on to say this. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. Genesis six thirteen. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both of them and the earth. And what's so sad about then is that it's so much like that today in so many areas of this world. And... And I just wonder what God's thinking and, you know, the day of judgment, you know. Um, of course, he made a covenant with Noah that he won't flood the earth again um, to destroy, man, you know, man, evil. But I don't know what judgment day will be like to the extent of what we see in Revelation, but um, I don't want to take that chance. Genesis 6.17 is a great verse to also um, study on on your own time. But relating to us, this is serious business for the non-believer. It's serious business for us, too, because God has to use us for his purpose. But I want to stress for the non-believer first. This means death or eternity. Jesus speaks of eternal fire and punishment as the final destination for those who've rejected God. And I think of this atheist that wrote this story. The irony of this is that he wrote this story and laughs at it and... You know, put a twist on it, and um, I just, I, I prayed over the producers. I was sitting in that movie. That's all I could do, is pray. And I just think so many times, we walk around this um, daily life of ours, and we forget that there's so many people that are going to be um, in this flood and judgment day. And um, are we asking myself, am I obedient to God to fulfill his purpose on, on reaching other people? Am I doing it? Am I doing what God is calling me to do? And that's what we're going to get to. So the question to gear up for that is this. Think about the many people you are around on a daily basis. Are there some who are not believers? How does that affect you? For me, it's neighbors. <laughs> past co-workers, and I'm not saying to send a judgment on them, I just see no sign of Jesus in their lives, so I, I, I think it would be safe for me to say out of love, you know, that I 
I feel like God is putting them on my heart for a reason. So take a, a few minutes and maybe discuss that. It might be your own children or parents or siblings.